This is an incense arise. That's letting our prayers go up. Uh, praising Him go up day and night. And I tell you, you find yourself praising the Lord day and night, boy, I tell you, the molly grub's going to run from you, you know? Them stinking, stinking thoughts in your head and what the devil is lying to you about. They ain't going to hang around no more. You know, just, it's all about changing our lifestyle. Allowing Him to change it. Amen? You know, and, and when you start changing your life, you're, you're taking something that was natural. What I say that natural is we're born in sin, right? And so we're all good sinners from we come out of mama's womb. You know what I'm saying? And uh, But as we come to the Lord, we realize, I, I, I hate this lifestyle. God, rescue me. And He comes in and grabs you. Then He gives you a new spirit. But now it's taking that old man and changing him. Like I said, Christ comes into you like a lion tamer comes into a lion's cage, okay? Get down, get down, okay? But I tell you, as, as you allow Him to change you, wow. And always look at your accomplishments. Don't look at your failures. You know, I was thinking about your praise and worship. I just think, God, you're, you're the healer. You're everything, you know. And, and one thing I've been really studying here lately, that, you know, acts for whatever you want and you receive it. You know, and and, uh, and he brought this back to me back when the days when I used to smoke. Okay, this ain't about getting smoking, okay? But but what had happened in my lifetime, several times, I, I was addicted to nicotine. I'm telling you, I was a three-pack-day smoker. And many of you already know that. And that's the else. If it's tobacco, I had it. Except marijuana. <laughs> I was a cop, okay? But the thing of it was, man, many times in my life, I quit smoking. Yeah! Wow. And, and I remember, we went six months. And I was at work, and one of my buddies lit up a cigarette and a cup of coffee. I thought, oh, I'll just try one. Five years later, 1988, quit smoking. When the hospital came out, boom, done for a year. Well, my pop died in 89. First thing, I did, first thing I did was grab a pack of cigarettes. And I smoked until 1997. I'm at a point now where I cannot breathe. I watched my mama die from emphysema. A few years earlier, and I'm all night long just crying out, "Oh God!" And I was, uh, I was brand new. I mean, uh, the only thing I knew how to pray was the Lord's Prayer. You know, but but I get up in the morning. I told you that before. I smoked a half a pack of cigarettes right at noon. My wife was at church. <laughs> he took it from me. I had a choice to pick up the cigarette again if I wanted to. Okay. Again, I'm not getting, if you smoke, I'm not, this ain't against smoking, okay? I'm just talking, you give me my heart's desire. Okay. But, because of the times that I failed in the past, I built up a pretty good offense. And I got in my head that I knew, if I'd ever touched another cigarette, it would kill me. I would be dead today if I hadn't stopped. But, he put that desire in my heart. My, my heart was, God, I want to, I want to live. And man, so, to, even to today, I can, I can still, if I think about it, feel my heaviness in my lungs when I was smoking. Okay. Now, I never want to smoke again in my life. But I had to fail quite a few times uh, before I got in my head what I needed to do and just say no. And that's a cliche, but yeah. And again, same with yourself. Maybe you have tried something and man, you quit with doing whatever it was that had you wrapped up and then you, oh, you failed again. And you got back into it again. And then you tried again. Well, the good news is you're, you're fighting it, right? Amen? You're fighting against it. You don't want that thing. Just cry out to the Lord. I'll tell you, one of the days you're going to be out, out, out of it. 
He's going to deliver you from that. And every time that you failed in the past will be a part of your, your propping you up not to go down that road again. And you'll be tired of it, you know. Uh, no, I don't want a cigar. <laughs> I didn't say you couldn't smoke it, did I? See what I'm saying? I said, not me, guys, you know. And most people, most people know if you're struggling with something, your friends, they won't offer you nothing, you know what I'm saying? You know, and Penny earlier, she offered me a piece of candy. I thought, Penny, that sugar. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm getting off of sugar. You know what I'm saying? And uh, but she didn't do it on purpose. She wasn't trying to tempt me, you know. If it had been a Reese cup, I might have fell, okay? But but just say, hey, you know, no more. That's why if you, when you take a stand for the Lord, don't be afraid to let people around you know. Say, listen, I gave my life to Christ. I'm following Him. I don't want to participate. And if they make fun of you, if they say, oh, um, it's time to go on. You find someone else to hang out with, you know. Uh, most people, I mean, people react differently on that stuff. But give them the heart to the Lord. And just follow Him. And man, if you, if you stumble, remember what caused you to stumble? And then the next time, maybe walk around that stumbling block, you know. Amen. Again, some of the struggle with... Uh, Eating, so shopping, whatever it might be, you know what I'm saying? I'm not picking on any any vice that we have, you know? Amen. But we want to share communion here in just a moment. And I want to share a scripture with you today. I'm not sure if I turn the heat up. Anybody cold in here? Vicky's cold. We get cold back back, okay? Well, we got one. We got a couple around here. And I never touched it today. What it did, I just go up and act like I'm turning it up. <laughs> no, I did. But uh, I forget where I'm at here. Oh, Matthew 11, 28 and 30. If you want to turn there, or you can just listen to. It. I'm just going to read the scripture to you. But the Master, and you know, we got to remember that when we come to the Lord, sometimes we get so burdened down with life, we start not enjoying that relationship with Jesus. Amen? And we forget who He is. But His comment in, in this, and Matthew has it written down, it says, 11, verse 28, 29, and 30. He says, Come to Me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you and learn from Me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And when he shares that with you, you might not quite understand, but back in the day, rabbis were teachers, and Jesus was a teacher. And some rabbis would have all these requirements you got to do, and you have all these books and texts, and you got to do this and do that. And to get to the point where almost make you want to fail. And Jesus says, hey, wait, hey. Come to me, are you weary? Are you burdened down with stuff? I'm going to give you rest. He says, take my my yoke. That means, hook yourself up with me. Have you ever seen a yoke put on an ox? And the two of them walk together, you know, hook onto them. That way, one ox helps the other one walk. And vice versa. And that's what Jesus says. Just yoke up with me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. 
and you will find the rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What's his yoke? It's very simple. Love me. See, sometimes we make Christianity so hard. I mean, I just can't do this thing. It's all love. It starts with loving Jesus. And he'll take it from there. Well, yeah, but how can you love me? I, I'm still getting drunk all the time. I'm getting high all the time. Or, man, I'm still looking at porno. I mean, okay. It starts off with loving Jesus and bringing Him into your life. That's the number one step. And then as you continue to love Him in His Word, those things there, I guarantee, that your desire will, will dissipate. It will. Loving Jesus. It's kind of like, uh, it is like getting married. I mean, you, you get married and uh, two people who love each other come together, but they still got little quirks that they do. And, we have to, and they learn from one another, right? But Jesus don't have any quirks, okay? But we have the quirks. And those things be worked out all. Oh, if I you, Jesus, or hey, I want to deliver from this, He'll do that, but the number one thing is not trying to get yourself cleaned up. It's not trying to put on your best clothing. It's not trying to, as soon as I quit drinking and smoking and cussing, I'll, I'll come to the Lord. Well, no, no, no. It's just right where you're at. And He's there to receive you just the way you are. Hey, come on. Come on. Let me be your Savior and let me be your Lord. And that's the key there to be your Lord. And the Lord tells a person what to do. Amen? And, and when we hook on to Jesus, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Well, Starkey, I want you to do this. Well, should I argue with Him? I mean, wasn't I the one that called upon Him? He wants us to trust Him, you know? And call upon Him and, 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 and follow Him. Because most of us here can say that as we do our own ways and things, we mess them up. Yep. But what's in her head is still the old man. It's the old ways of life. Remember the scripture tells us that, man, if God, if you're not born again, the devil is your father. So that means the devil was teaching us how to be offensive to God. Right? So when we get born again, boom, God. Okay, Starkey, listen to me now. So I got to decide, I'm going to listen to God? I'm going to listen to the devil. I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit or I'm going to listen to the old man. And when you get to the point that you're really tired of your ways, man, listening to the Lord, man, it's going to turn your, turn your will upside down in a heartbeat. You'll be struggling all of a sudden, boom. Man, you'll be set free from it. Love Jesus. I mean, I just love the Lord. So I love Jesus today. Amen. And follow Him on that. But we share communion today. Jesus, I want you to do this and remember some me. And right there is one of the great scriptures to remember. But man, that His yoke is light. Don't burden yourself down. Let Him be your Savior, your Lord. Let Him be your light. Your strength, your peace, your joy, your healer. And follow Him. Just follow Him. If you follow Jesus, you'll never be lost.
Amen. And make sure you stay around people who follow Him also. Let them be your the center core of wherever you go. You know, boy, I feel like going to McDonald's for a burger today. Okay, find yourself with Christian friends. Hey, you want to go? Are you buying? <laughs> yeah, that's the first step. Yeah, no, I'll be there. Amen. Amen. Let's let's pray, then we'll we'll break bread together. And Father, we do come before you today, and we just thank you so much for Jesus Christ. We do as the Master has told us to do to do this in remembrance of Him. Father, we remember that He took our death. Lord, He went to the cross to break the chains that's got us bound. They deliver us. He, he, he was buried and rose up from the grave. And Father, you tell us that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave now lives in us. And because of that, all things are possible through God. Our desire is to follow you, Jesus, to be your ambassador here on earth. We thank you. Thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for the hope that we share for tomorrow. Thank you for the victory you've given us in our lives and lives of our loved ones. Just as you're not done with us yet, Father, we are not done with those that we've been praying for. Thank you for the hope we have for today, tomorrow, and for all those around us, Lord. We do give you the praise. We give you the glory. We thank you so much, God. Thank you for renewing us. In Jesus' name, amen. And we've been focusing the last several weeks upon our relationship with God by building our, our relationship, like you said, on the rock. And we talk about Peter, remember? I acknowledge it how many times it took, once they acknowledge that Jesus is, is the Christ, it took a while for him to be solid in that, not to waver anymore. And that's what we've been looking at ourselves to make sure that we are, our life is based upon the rock, upon the true Word of God. Not a God of our imagination, or not a Jesus of our imagination, but truly the Son of God. And we can, we talk about love and joy and peace, which is awesome, but we can take that and sometimes use it to compromise the Word of God, or compromise the sin that's been attacking us, or even try to justify our sin, uh, because He's a God of love. And but our desire should always be not to be involved in sin, not to want to sin. And last week we shared briefly out Nehemiah. I just want to back up for a moment and we'll go forward from this. But the importance for us, number one, is for your own life, it started off with receiving Jesus as Savior and Lord, be sold out to Him. You know, but you got to understand why you need a Savior. And that's because, of, we said earlier, sin. You're born in sin. you got a sin nature. Uh, that sin separates us from God here on earth and for eternity. But when we recognize that, and think, man, hell was my, my destination. And to look at Jesus, to see what He did, the punishment that He took on that cross, the beating he took was ours. Now, how can someone love me enough to go through that? And when you, when you, when we focus on that, we, I mean, that was mine. 
That was my cross that He died on. But God loved me enough to rescue, to die for my sins, but I just received that and turn away from my sins. Wow. Why would we ever want to go back to our sins? You know what I'm saying? It goes back to, like I said earlier, again, I want to make sure people understand. If you smoke, I am not speaking against you. Understand that? Understand that 100%. Don't think, oh, no, no, no. It's my relay. It goes back to what I said earlier that I can remember the times that, that I, my desire was equipped because I couldn't breathe, but I started up again. That helped me to finally get over the hurdle to quit. Amen? Man, and, and I recognize that if I could pick up a cigar right now. Them little presents that come in a glass tube. Anybody ever smoke them? Oh my land. Captain Black tobacco smoking. I, I chew Mel Pouch. I rub School Long Cut Classic and Winston Light Cigarettes. Okay? Yes, yes. Uh, I know this very day if I lit up a cigar or my pipe, Captain Black pipe tobacco, I'd be hooked like that. I'd fall right back. That's all it takes. Oh, now I like to smile, pipe tobacco and stuff like that today. But I don't have the desire to grab hold of because I know what it was trying to do to me, okay? I can't go back. But when we get in our head, the same thing what sin does to us. We understand that man, sin destroys us. Sin breaks down our relationship with God because we feel guilty of it. We get to the point where we want nothing to do with it. So we look back at the cross. When you get ready to fall into temptation, oh, it's going to hurt. Bring the mental picture of Jesus on that cross, bleeding and dying for your sins. I love it. Boom. Now, I can, myself, I can, I can think back to my mama in the hospital dying of emphysema. That helps me not to want to smoke again. But my own lungs, myself, wow. So that helps me not to fall into it. So whatever your sin that it might be that keeps coming around, so, and or maybe you keep falling into it, I don't know. Look what, the, look at the cross. He paid the penalty. We received that forgiveness, but but if we start playing back in sin again, like ah, what's it going to hurt? But I'm telling you what, you can come over top of the next thing you know, you can be right back where the master found you at. Now he won't give up on you, okay? But we got to hang on to him. And God don't want that. Me screaming, I don't want this, Lord, help me. He'll find a way. If you find yourself in the middle of temptation today, like, how did I get here again? Cry out to the Lord. Because He says He'll find a way. That's what I'm bugging. (laughs) It could be. But He said He'll find a way. He will rescue you. You cry out to Him. Remember that. He never gives up on you. But here in Nehemiah, I shared last week, I was just going to do a couple of verses here and we'll go into John. But Nehemiah 4, verse 11, he says up front again, Our enemies said they will now, they were not, our enemies, talking about God's people, they will not know or see until we come among them, kill them and put a stop to their work. There's building the walls again in Jerusalem to be, to be protected. And the enemy said, listen, we're going to sneak in there. And we're going to do, we're going to kill them and put a stop to the work. And they won't even recognize it. Why? Because they're going to come into the camp looking like us. Hmm. When the Jews who lived near them came and told us, 
ten times, they will come up against us from every place where you may turn. They got a warning. You gotta put it this way. Your enemy's coming after you. He's gonna sneak into your life. He's coming to kill, steal, and destroy. That sounds familiar? Hey, John 10, 10. Yes, okay. But, you got a warning up front. Someone's already come to you and say, listen, the devil's out there. He's gonna come around you. He's gonna look like the beautiful thing there is. He's coming to still kill and destroy. Now, I'll tell you what. If someone told you today, someone's going to knock on your door, and you're going to open that door up, and this guy's going to be wearing blue jeans, a pink shirt, and a, and a feather in his hat. <laughs> okay? And he's coming in to still kill and destroy. When you heard that knock on the door, I would assume you go up like, hmm, one of those eyeball things, you know what I'm saying? You'd be look. You'd be recognizing the enemy before you open that door up because you already had warning up front, right? Now, if, if if I hadn't warned you that, and the door somebody knocked on the door, hey, how are you doing? Now they're already in there. Now you got to fight them, get them back out. You know, thank God for the Second Amendment. Amen. But, but, but I'm saying, but we we have a warning up front from God that the enemy's out there. He's gonna sneak into your camp. He's gonna destroy you. We have to watch out for him. We already got that heads up, amen. And, and we understand the enemy can come just like anything. But the spirit within inside of you—that's a sermon. You you get a. Oh, oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> That's a warning. They'll stay away. But what Nehemiah said, then he stationed men in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, the exposed places, and I stationed the people in the, and families with their swords, spears, and bows. So what he's doing, we know the enemy's coming, but he put soldiers, put people throughout that area. We'll put it this way. Throughout your home, he put people watching the windows, the back door, the basement door, and the attic. Watching it. Because he, he took the warning seriously. Took the warning seriously. And folks, we need to take God's Word very, very serious. Amen? It's given to us because He loves us. He cares for us. He wants to protect us. He doesn't want to see us fail. We don't want to see us fall away. He doesn't want to see us get hurt. But He gives it to us. And we got to look at that and say, man, i got to hang on to this thing. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to follow it. And verse 14 says, When I saw their fear... I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Now listen. When you know the enemy is coming after you, and if you're following the Master, He's coming after you. That's the bottom line. The closer you get to the Lord, the more the enemy is going to raise up against you, okay? Understand that. He wants to scare you. Fear is not from God, it's from the devil. He knows how powerful you are, the followers of Jesus. Understand that. But we said the next verse should motivate every one of us. As I continue in that verse, it says, When I saw the fear, I rose up and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Remember your power and your strength is in the Lord. Amen? There's nothing more powerful than God. 
nothing. And this devil, this fallen angel, oh, he's got some authority. But he have no authority over you unless you give it to him. You are more stronger than he is because of who lives inside of you. But he tells us this here. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Fight for them, he says. Don't lay down. Fight for them. Don't close the closet door and hide in the walls. Fight for them, he's saying. But look, when they made a determination, I'm going to fight for my sons, my daughters, my wives. Look what it says here. Next verse. When our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, then all of us returned to the wall, each one to do his work. When, when they found out what the enemy was going to do and they had a desire, we're going to fight. We're going to... The enemy said, oh, we'll go somewhere else. We'll go to a different camp. You know what I'm saying? Now listen, same here. When the enemies come against you, resist them in the name of Yeshua, in the name of Jesus, okay? And you fight against them. Now he's going to leave and go to somebody else's house, okay? You know, how about your neighbor? Well, pray for your neighbor, but take care of your own house first. Because he, he has to intimidate people. He's got to bring fear into people's lives. He's got to bring uh, anxiety, depression, sickness, disease. He, he wants to destroy us because we're made in the image of God. But when we say, listen, not in my house, not in my family, not in my kids, and you become a prayer warrior, and you're up and you're praying, and you're interceding, I'm telling you what, he's, he's going to plea. The Bible says that resist the devil. Resist his lies. And resist those he uses. We all may have friends of people who do not know Jesus, and we like him very much. They're good friends of ours. But don't get sucked in to the vacuum. Don't let that happen. And don't, don't, don't let, don't compromise your position. Because you want to offend your friend. Because they need you to be strong in the Lord. Because they don't know yet. But they need what you have. That's Jesus. And folks, number one, that you need Him like never before. More and more. As we shared last week, man. It's getting uglier and uglier. But man, greater He is in us than He is in the world. And he said here, in verse 16, from that day on, Half my servants carried on the work, while half of them held the spears, the shields, the bows, and the breastplates. And the captains were behind the whole house of Judah. Those who were building a wall and those who carried burdens took their load with one hand doing the work and the other one holding the weapon. Wow. Now the weapon, our weapon is the sword of the Spirit, amen. The, the spoken word of God. The Holy Spirit. So again, it's speaking His Word out, believing His Word, standing His Word. This is a declaration I shared earlier that Carol put in the bulletin. That is true. That is God's Word. Well, what can the spoken Word do? Hey, what did God do with the spoken Word? Let there be light. Amen? We have to get it through our heads. You're not God. You're, you're children of God. Amen? And He's giving Himself in you to make a difference in this world. Number one, it starts with you. Start making declaration of yourself. I'm a child of God. I'm born again. I'm set free from the bounds of evilness. Man, I'm heir to the throne. All power and authority is given to Jesus and He gave it to me. I declare this day my household shall be a house of God. 
And Joshua said, do what you want to do, but for me and my household, we shall serve the Lord. And when you claim that for your household, you draw that line and nothing comes across there but the time of God. Yeah, but I got some kids and stuff, they're not saved. Well, they can come in your house, okay? But don't compromise to allow them to do things that you know God says not to do. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's love that draws people to the Lord, right? So, you, so then somebody comes in your house and you say, and they do something, they say, uh, get out of here, you can go to hell if you want to. That's showing, my, that's showing God's love, right? No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, so it's always a way to say, listen, this place is dedicated to the Lord, and I know you might do that at your place, but in here, it doesn't take place. And they should they should respect that, amen. And they say you're gonna be that way. I'll leave. Well, I hate to see you leave, but that's their choice. But it's out of love, you know what I'm saying? But man, when you declare that, and man, I tell you what, the exercise of authority is God's given you. But there they were, weapon in one hand, and doing the work. You might say the work is our working for the Lord. Where are you still working? But it's always being prepared because the enemy. Oh, they did that because I won't read the rest of it. But it's because the enemy was sneaking in there. Let's say right now we got three people in here. They came in here because they hate us. Who are they on there? Wait, there's three people up front here. <laughs> well, the last thing I want to do is offend anybody. Is it you? Oh, it's back here laughing. Must be here. But see, I would love and treat everybody the same. Amen? Well, well in the old days, there'd be a six-year on there. But I still have my weapon available, which is, Blame me, Satan, in the name of Jesus. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's showing love. But remember, some, the devil will try to sneak in to relationships. Because he, he wants to get in your head. You know what I'm saying? Remember, he did that. Jesus tried to, you know. Adam and Eve, same way. Did he really say this? So, we got to realize that everyone that comes into our life isn't sent by God. Okay? And I know we have this saying that, hey, everything happens for a reason. Yes, it does, but not many every reason is good. Some reasons because we're stupid. <laughs> I did the same thing again. <laughs> Amen. About me or you? <laughs> I know I'm saying okay. <laughs> I know I know what you're saying. But we got we just gotta realize that that because something happened to you doesn't mean it was ordained by God. You know? But to, to always have that word of God and, and so how do we get our arsenal large enough to follow the attacks of the enemy? It's staying in that word of God. Staying in his word. If we can, if you jump into John 15 for a moment. And one thing I think praise and worship was awesome today. I mean, I tell you guys, uh, if we worship Him, the presence of God, boy, it's just, it's cleansing, isn't it? It's just cleansing, it's just, uh, wow. Mm. We'll plow here for a few minutes and we'll finish plow next week, but. But we're talking about building yourself on the, on the rock. And we're talking about fight for your families. It's talking about, number one thing is connection with Jesus. We can't do nothing outside of Him. Amen? Now there's a lot of 
good help books out there and authors out there and, and a lot of good books. Amen? But our rock has to be the Word of God. Number one. And then there's nothing wrong reading Christian books and being encouraged, you know what I'm saying, to help out. And But in John 15, 1, Again, we're talking about taking the Word of God together. And we had a, I had a laugh yesterday. I came home from down at the church. And Carol said, you got to look at this. you got to see this. And it was a service from last Sunday from one of the pastors. What, which pastor? Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland. Right Kenneth Copeland was on his station there. So you got to listen to this. I said, oh, okay. I sat down. And this is a younger fellow than me preaching last Sunday, same time I was, about making cookies and baking. I thought that's the Holy Spirit telling us what's going on. But the trouble is, he did not take a bite of flour and I did, you know. <laughs> he was smarter. He was smarter than I was, I guess, I know. But the thing of it is, is bringing all the things together, all the ingredients, and, and let God work with it and see what, what, what bakes on that, you know. But I had a laugh on that. But in John 15:1, he says, I am the true vine, and my Father the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. So again, being attached to God is that more, that the Lord, His Word is pumping into you. It gives you life. Now, we can all dress up fancy. I wear a tie next week and a suit coat and stuff and come in here and thought, man, he, he's a, he has to, is that Billy Graham relation? By looking the way, I, the, the way I'm dressed, but inside of me, I could be dead. I could be detached from the Lord. Uh, Christians can do that. We can be a part of the Lord and attached to Him, but then fall away, get out of the way, and we slowly start dying. Spiritual death can come on us. Just because we said a prayer one time doesn't mean that we're still walking with Jesus. Amen. So, so, so we've got to understand the tricks of the enemy. And what he'll try to do is separate you. You, you don't need fellowship. That's one of the biggest lies the devil has. Because the very beginning, God said it's not good for man to be alone. Amen? And that's fellowship that we need. We've got to be encouraged. So we need to be attached to him. And verse 3 says, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We can't do anything unless we allow the Lord. And let's allow the Lord constantly pouring into us. That's why you hear pastors all the time encouraging folks for Bible study or Bible reading, you know, gathering in church. Because to pour in and to be excited. You know, we had testimony this morning. Look what God's doing in people's lives. You know? And we do the same in our lives. You know, He's not a respecter of persons. <coughs> but He says to, to bear much fruit. So... Take fruit and start with. Take, take a tomato. Tomato is a fruit, not a vegetable. You break it open, what do you see inside? Seeds. seeds. <laughs> and then, you know, those seeds can be planted. Well, it was not government giving to you. 
If it's if it's a uh, heirloom seed, you can plant those seeds. It's going to repro- reproduce the same thing that was there. Or you can take a tomato. Not cut it open. Just take the little green thing off the top of it and eat the whole thing. And let nature take its course and flush it out, right? And it's not going to reproduce, is it? No, no. Well, we weren't called to be a flusher. <laughs> we were called to bear fruit. To bear fruit. So that means what's inside of us. you be a fruit for a second. Inside of you is the seeds of life, which is the Word of God. And He wants us to share that, to plant that. To bring in a harvest for Him. But also, the fruit... Very much fruit. We find it in Galatians 5.22. And that's called the fruit of the Spirit. Ever hear of that? Fruit of the Spirit? It's, it's a Spirit that comes inside of you and it produces the fruit. Now, it's not the fruits. Sometimes we say, oh, it's the fruits of the fruit. No, it's one fruit. But as you open it up, these seeds are inside of it. They're planted in you. So I want you to bear much fruit. So this is what we have. In Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's the number one thing. It is love. I, I believe these are in order myself, but uh, I think this is what, how it takes place. The first thing that will come in your life will be love. When you get born again, wow, love. Mm-mm. Did I tell you guys about the deer out in our yard last week, my wife? I must have had that in my head. I'm sitting in my easy chair, and she's in her chair. Must have been on Saturday because it's daylight out. I know I was home, and then she, Stark, you look at that. There's a deer out there in the field eating. And I'm sitting there thinking, Carol, I lived in the country all my life. He's raised on a small farm. My deer's out to chee. And pretty soon she, Oh, there's another one out there, and she's excited about it. And I thought. And God spoke to me like this. He says, What is wrong with you? Oh, well, we didn't go into detail. I've been all day long. <laughs> but here's my wife. Country girl all her life. Still getting thrilled at seeing God's creation out there grazing in the field. Oh, I thought, man, I should rejoice. Man, I repent real quick. Yeah, you're right, God. And, you know, you're right. I'll get up and look too, you know. And this morning, getting ready to come to church in my easy chair there. I look out. Same one then down the holler. And there is probably 40 turkeys running around. And I saw this big thing. I couldn't tell so far away what it was. I thought it was chasing it. You know, I thought, wow, we got a coyote out there, you know. I tried out my new 270. So I got my binoculars. Here, well, it was a male turkey. All those feathers over chase all again. It was beautiful. I sit there like five minutes watching it. See him all the time. But it just shows you. I mean, it's just, wow. That love for God. And that's the first thing most of us will say. When we got born again. You know, first of all, my love for my wife quadrupled. But the love for God's nature. I mean, the birds are just amazing. Yes, yes. So, yes, so, yes. And I don't know. I think one of the most peaceful things I've ever been around is watching a cow chew his cud. I know it might sound funny, but I know. <laughs> right before Chuck butchers it, but yeah. but but just it just peace. I just walk around, eat. They don't care. Deer the same way, and I just pray that Carol never lose that desire to get excited about the deer, possums, coons. Yesterday I saw. Huh. 
zebra. Dirty zebra. Oh. I can say the green alligators and long neck geese. Smokes more more reefers. There's a zebra farm up here? Oh, wow. Are, are they good to eat? Anybody know? I mean, I mean, I don't mean that. I mean, are they raising it for meat? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's not kosher. It's oh. Yes, no, it's not natural. Oh wow! And you won't see deer at nighttime. Go to Don Brown's house out there, Hook Road and Five Forty One. I'll come up uh, from Seven, cut across Hook Road to go over to Five Forty One, and back is is gonna be thirty or forty deer out there. Yeah, I, I got it. I got a night scope now. <laughs> yeah, no. But love will come into our life, and then that fruit will come into joy. Oh, I'd be so giddy. Oh, wow. And then peace. That's all the fruit of the Spirit, you know. Love for the Lord. You get this joy. It brings you peace. You're reconciled with God. What can steal your peace? You know what I'm saying? God knows you. You've got a relationship with you because of Jesus. All things are possible through Him. Amen. I mean, awesome. You have the peace and then patience. Patience. And you heard said many times, never ask God to teach you patience. Ask Him to give you patience. <laughs> Amen. There's a difference there. But to be able to wait. Patience for what desires your heart is because God knows the perfect timing. You know that? He knows the perfect timing. Patience for others. Patience for those you've been praying for. It's amazing what we'll get in the next week, but where two or three of you come together in agreement, what God does. I've seen it happen so many times. You be praying by yourself, and you get a prayer partner, and you speak the Word of God out in agreement. you got to agree with me, okay? If you don't have that in your heart, you don't believe in that part, you don't have the faith yet, okay, I'll grab somebody else. Nothing wrong yet. But someone who believes, someone who's been healed of this or that or overcame this, man, you just got to have that patience and determination just to continue. Your timing, God. But you're working through us. We're speaking out your word that way you can do what you got to do. Well, I've been praying for this for, for two years. I'll, okay, keep doing it. You know, if it's lined up with Scripture, keep praying. Because behind the scene, God is moving this and this and this, and removing this, and that, and this, that when it's ready, that prayer that you've been praying for somebody will take place. It won't be a, a fly-by-night situation. It'll be dead, set, boom. So we got to be patient. And speak. Don't try to force God's hand. You know, you've been praying for a loved one to come to church. Do not drag him in the next week by the hair of the head. It will not do any good. <laughs> Believe me, Carol tried a few times. I'm getting bald up here, you know. But being patient, you know, being patient, and that's well, that's, that's one of the great fruits I think is being patient. Mm. Kindness to being kind to one another, even to your enemy, even those who despise you, even that person don't take your parking space in front of Walmart when you leave here. Okay, or you go to Bob Evans to eat, and the last chair goes to Chuck and Marty. I mean, I'm telling you what. <laughs> 
goodness, doing good. I mean, this is this is fruit that you guys are producing. That's what he wants to continue on. Faithfulness, faithfulness. And my all this stuff builds up to faithfulness, and I think that's awesome because as you have the joy, the love, the joy, the peace, patience, kindness, goodness, man, you want to be faithful to the Lord and faithful to brothers and sisters because of your experience that goes back again. You didn't have that before. But now God gives this to you. He develops inside of your, of your of your spirit. Gentleness and self-control. All these builds up. All this grows inside of you. As you're born again, that was deposited. You now let the fruit grow. And how does it grow? By being connected to Jesus. Amen? That word comes into your life. And the more you hear it, the more you read it, you study it, the more power you're going to get, the more strength you're going to have. You'll have patience. You know, I use myself as an example all the time. I was 43 years old before I surrendered totally to the Lord. Man, somebody had some patience, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She stood on God's Word. She circled her Bible on, on, on Scriptures about me coming to know Jesus. And I'll tell you what, I'm the easiest guy to live with. And no, maybe not. But she, but she, but but she stood on that because. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she did it because she loved me. She cared for me, and she loved God. She knew that's what God wanted her to do. Someday she wanted to flush me out, probably. You know what I'm saying? But she hung in, and boom. And so that develops in us. You know, and that, that's what's, and, and so as you you think, well, but I don't have that right now. I don't have all this. Uh, it's developing in you if, if God's pouring into you. Amen. If you want to get more patient, hang out with people you can't stand. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and do not tempt the Lord. Okay, it works with a two-year-old. There you go. <laughs> and verse twenty-four says this: Oh, self-control against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. So how how do we bring ourselves I'll close that how do we bring ourselves submissive to God? Closer to Jesus. Amen. When the world we let the world come in and entice us on what we should be like and you can turn on T V and watch any commercial and you gotta look this way and walk this way and you gotta have the skin tone like this and you wear these pants and this kind of stuff. Trying to tell you where you have to be to be accepted. And that can get on that can get into you, you know what I'm saying? So so the word of God says, Man, hey, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and what you need I'll spy to you. You need pants, but it might be hundred and eighty dollars a pair. Amen. That's up to you, but I'm just saying that don't think you gotta have that stuff in order to be successful or be accepted. You know, and so again, if you stay connected, the Lord is pouring into you. Uh, you stand that rock stronger and stronger because when these winds continue to blow and the earth shakes as, as we enter this time of the master coming back you're going to stand there firm because God's already warned you you're already prepared and you're in his word and you will not fall away amen amen we'll continue next week on that but uh, I'm going to share that with you just encourage you to uh, you need prayer, call someone. You need you just need a, a social 
thing, call somebody a brother or sister in the Lord. Uh, uh, if tonight you think, man, I'm going to do tonight, I think Pastor Mark, Mark still have church out on Friday, Sunday nights at 6, do you know? Does he have it out there? Okay. Uh, there's several ones that we have on television. Just, just keep yourself encouraged. But don't be afraid to yell, hey man, just talk to me in Ohio, will you? And I'm telling you, if you need someone to take you to dinner, or no, you want somebody to take to dinner, uh, give me a call. You can text me. I'll be right there. But, uh, amen. Anybody got questions? Comments or anything about the day? I don't want anybody to leave confused. It's just a, you know, we're in this fight. We're fighting for the generation behind us. And it's a spiritual battle. And we've got the victory. We just stay with the Master and let Him fight this war through us to bring Him glory. Amen? Amen. Okay. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the encouragement it gives us. And again, we thank you that you're not done with us. And we know, Father, in order to be strong and, and to overcome the things of this world, it's only because of you. And so, Father, may we continue to let that vine be attached to the branches. And may continue to grow for your glory. And we will see the fruit of our investments and others really, really soon. I know that, God. That these doors will be trampled down with people coming for you, Lord. So prepare our hearts, prepare our strength, our minds now, and our spirit. And may we pump, now you pump yourself into us so much that when they walk through that door, God, we will know exactly what we need to do. And all of this will bring you glory, Father. And we do thank you for everything. God, we lift up our nation again. We just speak healing over our nation today. God, we speak wisdom to those who are governing over, over us that will guide us according to your word. We pray for those who are content to do evil, to destroy this country to establish. And they're in power today, God, that be removed from power, that justice be served, and that may your grace be ministered to them, that they may come to know the errors of their way and surrender their life to you, Father. But ahead of protection around each man and woman is raising up to stand in the gap, to represent you wherever that might be, in this world, that they may be strengthened, Father. And God, put a hedge of, greater hedge of protection around Pastor Peter and his children over there, Father. As your glory gets light, brighter and brighter, Father, that those who are, are bent to do harm, harm, Father, will come into the saving knowledge and grace of Jesus Christ. And there'll be a fire over there in Nigeria, a baptismal fire of the Holy Spirit. And people will be set free, Father, set free. For your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.